It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Randy Lang, who writes for NewYorkJets.com now, but for many years was Jets beat reporter for the Bergen record. One of my favorites. Always great to have him on the show. We're going to talk about what's gone on with the Jets for the first six weeks. Almost a six-week partial season in review type of situation here. Randy, thanks so much for coming back on the show, sir. My pleasure, Scott. You know how it is these days. You can't even have a midseason report when you play eight games because you got 17 in the season. So uh, <laughs> that kind of screws up quarters and halves. But uh, six games at this point, a real good spot to uh, look at the Jets and see what they're doing and see what maybe they're, you know, capable of the last 11 games. And it's almost a third of the way instead of a halfway because six out of 17, you're almost looking at statistically a third, but we'll Mm -hmm. go based on what we've seen so far, Randy, you do a feature. It's awesome over at NewYorkJets.com inside the numbers. What have been some of the more interesting numbers that you've uncovered throughout the first six weeks? Well, I think that um, the most interesting would be Brees Hall. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we broke this out where, uh, and again, you got to filter way down because, um, you know, it it, it it sounds more impressive if you say Brees Hall has the best yards per carry average in NFL history. Well, he does, except you got to go down to 100 carries. And he has about 100 and I don't know, 40 or something right now. But at that time, he had about 122. And he was averaging 6.01 yards per carry which was second best in the NFL in in the NFL's history uh, for any back, not a quarterback, but a back running back uh, who had at least a hundred carries. And the only other back who had a better average was Kenny Washington with the Rams of the forties. So, you know, Brees Hall has gotten off to an amazing start has rebounded very well from that uh, knee injury from last year at Denver. And even after the after the Denver game, his his average was so high that he actually had for a brief moment the best average in NFL history for a running back um, up until the Eagles kind of uh, figured out how to slow him down a little bit. But you know, to me, that that's the kind of thing I love to uncover uh, for the fans and for the players and the team, which is you know something that uh, maybe they didn't know or maybe they sensed that uh, hey, this guy's doing pretty good i mean he's doing better than pretty good and uh in Brees hall's case he looks like he's just somebody that is going to keep getting better and better which means that he's going to be at the top of the nfl running charts for a while um so i mentioned that one and then this past week 
uh, this past Tuesday, and, and I guess it was yesterday, <laughs> thinking back, uh, we just did a little uh, something regarding uh, the Jets, um, the, the, the key factors for the Jets against the Eagles, which, you know, it wasn't the offense. The third down offense was not good. Um, you know, the, um, uh, the first drive uh, that the defense allowed was not good. <laughs> Went 91 yards in nine, almost 10 minutes. Uh, so it wasn't a perfect game, but the thing that was perfect was that the Jets uh, caused those four takeaways, uh, forced three of them out of uh, Jalen Hurts' hands and and one out of the uh, the misfired uh, end around on a fumble recovery by Quincy Williams. So they had a plus four in uh, takeaway margin, which is not usual for the Jets. Their plus five for the season is their best in any week since the end of the 2015 season when they were plus six. They have not had a plus five up until this week since then. And uh, then the other thing that stems from the takeaways is the field position. And uh, I do a thing with um, comparing. Basically, it's a turnover margin, but it's average drive start margin. And uh, the Jets average 45 points, one yards on each of their drives. They're at their 45-yard line on average for each of their 11 drives against the Eagles. The Eagles were back at their 21 on average. The I think it came out to a 22.1 difference. Uh, don't take those numbers I just gave you and subtract them because they won't, they won't <laughs> subtract at 22.1. But 22.1 uh, difference is the sixth best in uh, Jets history since 1989, which is when the average drive starts became available. So this is a lot of inside baseball, inside football stuff. But it says something that in the 26 games that the Jets have had a plus 15 um, average drive start margin, they're 25-1. and one. And uh, the one loss was a Fairly close loss. It was the 2010 season opener. First game, it was the debut in, in MetLife Stadium, at least in the regular season. And the Jets lost to the Ravens 10 to 9. So they had no offense that day, but they had very good field position and they lost that game. And that's their only loss in those games since 89. So all of the indicators, not all of the indicators said the Jets should win. It should beat the Eagles. But those two very key indicators, turnover margin and drive start margin, were very much in the Jets' favor. And, you know, it doesn't uh, carry through necessarily every week that the Jets will have the best turnover margin in the league by the end of the year or the best drive start margin. But it's a good indicator for what's to come. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Randy, you compile post-game reports and pre-game notes for the radio broadcast team, Bob Wischusen and Marty Lyons, of course. So you've had the opportunity to put together some really cool factoids on top of just the numbers that you were talking about, which you do every Tuesday at NewYorkJets.com. What are some of the more interesting observations you've had from compiling those pre- and post-game notes throughout the season so far? Well, we did a lot with Brees Hall. Uh <laughs> Uh, this past game, we started out with, you know, I, I, I send uh, Bobby and his group in the uh, radio booth 
um, tweets throughout the game, or, or I should say messages that can that also could be tweets uh, on my end. But uh, I like to let them know if something is coming, if it could happen. And when the Jets made the stop or seemed to make the stop on Jalen Hurts on that fourth and goal on that first drive, um, I had some some stuff that I actually tweeted, which was premature. And uh, and I messaged uh, the radio team and said, you know, this is the uh, the first time since, I don't know, 1968 or something that the Jets uh, survived a nine minute, 45 second drive without giving up any points. And of course, um, the replay kind of snuck in there, the uh, the booth replay, and they reversed the call on the field to a touchdown. So my next tweet was, never mind. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I always let Bobby know, hey, this could happen. Uh, this is uh, something that um, Zach Wilson might do. Uh, Zach, again, you know, we're all looking for indications that he's starting to grow, that he's benefited from another year a year of an off season and a start of the season under Aaron Rodgers wing. Um, Now working with Rodgers, who's back more, uh, even if he's not the facility, he's uh, speaking with, with Zach and with uh, Robert Sala and the offensive coaches on a regular basis. And um, so Zach even had something working there with um, the two 70% completion accuracy games in a row that was at Denver and, uh, against Kansas City, and uh, that's not something that many Jets quarterbacks have done, which is to put two 70% accuracy games together back-to-back as starters. You know, there's all these qualifiers, but, you know, you get the idea that the best one, the best streak in Jets history was Chad Pennington. He had four in a row 70%ers. Interestingly enough, uh, those four were the first four starts of his career in 2002, uh, he did not start until um, the Jacksonville game in game four of that year when Vinny Testaverde came out early and uh, and uh, Chad finished that game and then started uh, for quite a while after that. And those first four games, he was like, nobody could touch him. He was like 70, 75, almost 80%. And he's the leader there. I think um Trying to think if Kenny O'Brien fit in there somewhere. Uh, oh, Brett Favre had two such stretches of three games. And, you know, really, it's that was it. And so, to me, that was another interesting angle to play up in advance because you don't know if, if um, uh, Zach is going to do it again. And he didn't uh, against the Eagles, but he did perform well in the sense that he was very efficient, no turnovers, Um he did not make, um, you know, he did not convert third downs and the offense did not convert third downs, but they got the key yards when they had to. They didn't get red zone touchdowns, but they did get red zone points. So there were a lot of things working for Zach and we try to keep Bobby and his crew and and then the fans uh, updated on that stuff. Because even though a lot of fans know these things, a lot of others are tuning in and, and just hearing this for the first time, even Bobby, uh, and Marty uh, Lyons, they don't uh, know these things always off the top of their heads. Uh, so I try to keep them posted. They're very happy to do it. They give us a mention uh, on the air every once in a while, which is always great to know that the system is working and that the New York Jets multimedia department uh, is is helping in the radio uh, production, the radio broadcast quality that uh, the, the uh, ESPN New York people are sending out to uh, the fans. 
Randy, you've been covering the Jets in some form or fashion for over 30 years now, so you've seen a lot with this team. How does what you've watched the first six weeks compare to some of the other teams that you've seen from the New York Jets, both good and bad? The 2002 team probably, that Pennington team we uh, I just referenced, was was probably the greatest example of that. I believe they started 2-5, and five, um, and um, it didn't look good, did it? But um, Pennington had a remarkable run. They were talking about him in the same breath as Joe Montana uh, back then, I recall, because uh, I was writing about him every day for the record, as you mentioned. Uh, but they ca- overcame two and five, went to nine and seven. All Everything had to fall right for them on that last weekend, but New England lost to Miami. The Jets at nine and seven were the division champs. I believe that was the last time they were the division champs. <laughs> and they went, they beat Brett Favre and the Packers to get to nine and seven. They thumped them. And then that first week of the 2002 playoffs, they did the same thing to Peyton Manning and the Colts, the 41 nothing shutout at Giant Stadium, uh, Meadowland Stadium, as we always used to call it with the Jets. So that was like the, to me, is is the season where you say, all right, things don't look too good early, but there's a lot of things to like. Let's see if they can get on a roll. And so I, I kind of look at this start, three and three. I mean, think of the shock of losing Aaron Rodgers, and then you go on a three-game losing streak, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. And then uh, somehow, you know, I mean, they get it together. And, you know, they they give the Chiefs a good run for their money. They go to Denver and, and uh, you know, pay back uh, Sean Payton for uh, Nathaniel Hackett and uh, uh, Robert Sala and so on and uh, beat the Broncos again out there. And then they shocked the Eagles. I mean, just another comeback win. And so I look at that, and I'm doing a little research there, which may come out either on Twitter or next Tuesday when we, we do our next Inside the Numbers, I, I'm finding it very hard to find any teams that trailed at the half for the, all of their first six games, every one of them. They trailed at the half and yet had a very good start to the season and had a very good season. Most teams do not overcome six halftime deficits in the first six games the jets so far have done that they have trailed every game at the half and um yet they have still won three of them they've won the last two two of those six have been 10 point margins 10 point deficits in the second quarter that they've overcome that's another thing we got to look up and so it seems as if things are falling into place for the jets they have the bye week They have the chance to get, um, you know, uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed back from the concussion protocol. Uh, I would assume, I don't know that for a fact, but, uh, you know, the time uh, in the protocol would indicate possibly that they'll be ready to go for the the giant game after the bye. Um, They could get back, um, uh, you know, you got um, Dwayne Brown, uh, left tackle. I don't know what they'll do with Mekhi Becton if Dwayne Brown comes back. Um, ready to go. They might give him a, a few more weeks and let Mackay uh, hang in there at left tackle. But, uh, you know, they, they need to get Joe Tipman back, uh, who had been starting at right guard um, with uh, Vera Tucker going down, or first going to right tackle and then going down uh, for the season. So there's a lot of things, a lot of injury issues that could fall back into place 
They should get Justin Hardy back for the special teams in, a f- in several weeks, I think. It won't, won't be right away. But this is a good spot for the Jets to be in. A 3-3, three and three, two-game winning streak, just beat the Eagles, have a bye week to get healthy. And now they enter the next five games. And like I mentioned, uh, or l- like I've researched, it's, it's interesting. The next five games, each opponent uh, has one more win than the previous opponent. The Giants are at plus one. And then the... Uh, I forget. Let's see. We have the L.A. Chargers at two, the uh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders at plus uh, three wins. Uh, Then you got the Bills at four wins and the Dolphins at five. So you've got a very interesting ladder to see, to test those Jets and see if this is for real uh, or if they need a little more work or, uh, you know, what's going to happen for this season. Because the last five games, not easy, certainly. Uh, A little harder maybe than they looked like uh, at the start of the season. Houston's playing better. Uh, Washington's not playing too badly. Atlanta has a good defense. So they've, they've got a bunch. And, of course, they they have, I think, Miami's in there, too, again, the one down in Miami. So, you know, they, they've got a, a tough middle five, getting tougher each week, uh, a tougher final six than they thought they might have had. The season's going to test them. But so far, they've shown that they can do tough early on because this has been as tough as you can imagine, these first six games, and they've come through it. Uh, pretty darn good the last several weeks. Randy, as you said, the schedule early on, very tough, and yet the Jets sit at 3-3, three and three, which I think a lot of Jets fans would have been fine with, even if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. So very pleasant surprise so far. The rest of the way, 11 more games to go. What do you think we need to see for this team to be successful down the stretch, sort of like that 2002 team that you talked about? You've got to love what the defense has done in key situations and certainly in second hands. It's almost as if this defense still is feeling its way for some reason and is facing a lot of tough quarterbacks, no question, and it's not getting off on the to the fast start that everybody would like to see. And yet they get it together and somewhere in the late in the first half, but certainly for the final 30 minutes, they have become dominant again, like we've seen them uh, last year, especially when they rose from last in the league in a lot of categories to top five in the league. Now, their rankings are not high this year because of the first half, second half thing. So I would like to see the defense obviously smooth out that uh, that performance issue, get off to that fast start, get some of those turnovers. They have nine takeaways in the last three games, another great stretch historically for the Jets. I don't think they've done that since 2015. Um, But get those turnovers in the first half, improve that field position for the offense, and and, and keep making strides, let's say, against the run, which has been a little uh, shaky at times. Uh, They seem, as far as what they did against the pass with, you know, uh, Tay Hayes and and, uh, Bryce Hall and everybody filling in, Michael Carter starting and, and Bryce Hall starting, they did a phenomenal job without their starting two corners against the Eagles. Can they keep doing that? Will they get those starters back? Let's get that operation settled. And then I still want to see, obviously, more improvement, better starts again from uh, Zach Wilson, from uh, uh, the offense, from the the receivers. Let's say uh, Alan Lazard, I'd like to see him catch fire. Um, you know, Randall Cobb showing a little bit of uh, – uh, involvement in the offense. Of course, Garrett Wilson is being, you know, is very involved, but uh, we really haven't seen him bust really loose yet. Brees Hall, let's see more of him. 
Uh, Tyler Conklin doing a great job as the safety valve for for um, Zach. Let's see the third downs improve on both sides of the ball, and so there's a lot of things. There's a there's a lot of uh, to do items on that list, uh, but I think they're looking as if they could get those things done this year. Uh, just maybe it's a feeling. It's like this team maybe has what it takes to overcome this adversity. And who knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to – whether he's going to show up on the field uh, at some point as he thinks or as he's kind of teased to uh, with his rehab from his Achilles uh, injury. But uh, this Jets team at least is giving us hope that this is not your same old 3-3 three and three at the six-game break, New York Jets. If Aaron Rodgers did find a way to come back at any point this season, which of course would shatter any expectations that anybody could have reasonably had before the season, and I still maintain a healthy skepticism, I'm not going to let myself get sucked in and be too hopeful about it. If it happens, that would be great. If not, I'm not going to let myself be disappointed. But if it did happen, where do you think would rank in terms of the moments that you've witnessed with the Jets covering them for all this time, it would have to be up there with some of the top moments in recent franchise history, right? If he was able to come back somehow. Well, yeah, I mean, I I would like to see him come back and then perform like Aaron Rodgers. Now, is, is that all, a whole lot too much to ask? I don't know. I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has impressed every Jet fan or, or most Jet fans, let's say, because, you know, everybody's not going to be impressed. But I mean, I'm impressed. I mean, this guy has said all the right things, done all the right things. He's It's like he's been a Jet for 10 years instead of a Packer for 18. And um, he wants to do this. I mean, he he has already basically, I mean, he's taken the pay cut, as everybody knows, way back in, at the start of the season, a little before. Um, he He's going into this rehab fanatically and, and wants to play again this season. So I'd like to see that happen. Um but, I, you know, I, I'm just trying to think of the best, you know, developments in Jets history. Um, you know, I'm just going back through my mental Rolodex here. Shows you how far back I go with a Rolodex. <laughs> I'm, but I'm going back to, I'm going to go, you know, cross-training here. I'm going to go Willis Reed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what he did with the Knicks back in the playoffs in the, the late 60s, uh, you know, uh, early 70s. I mean, just coming off of that uh, injury and, uh, you know, playing on that bad uh, um, injury on the leg injury and as a knee, I guess I've already forgotten all the details because I was in high school then, but uh, he willed the, you know, the, the Knicks to, uh, uh, you know, an NBA title. And um, that was phenomenal. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking that again, the 2002 push where, it didn't look good, and uh, then all of a sudden the Jets have a chance to win the division, but they got to have a Patriots loss to the Dolphins, and that happened at 1 o'clock, and then they had to beat the Packers, and they they kicked the snot out of Brett Favre before he became a Jet. Uh, and then Peyton Manning, I mean, it looked like that was the year they were going to break that Super Bowl jinx, but that was not to be, but that was a pretty impressive one too. Um, you know, the 2010 stuff, I mean uh, – you know, just the way they they finished under Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, um, you know, 11 and 5. They had Bart Scott and everybody on that defense. That looked like a brawny team that was going to do well, couldn't quite get over the hump uh, in Pittsburgh. And so, you know, it's hard to compare. But if, if uh, Aaron Rodgers can get that done and play like Aaron Rodgers, then who knows 
what you know the sky would be the limit then Randy Lang of NewYorkJets.com and of course longtime beat reporter for the Bergen record covering the Jets really appreciate you coming on Randy it's always a treat to have you and talk some Jets for those that want to check out everything you're doing obviously you've got inside the numbers on Tuesday you've got the pre and post game notes for the radio broadcast team and you're on social media too right so you've got a lot going on yeah we keep it going uh you know NewYorkJets.com you can find us all Eric Allen does a great job Ethan Greenberg Jack Bell my good friend from way back in the 80s of the Herald News uh Caroline Hendershot I mean uh, we've got an all-star team there. I think it's one of the best in the NFL as far as covering their teams. And uh, we do it, uh, you know, I'm not involved in the video, but, um, you know, we have a great video department and, and all of those aforementioned uh, multimedia people do all of the shows. And um, and then, of course, there's Twitter and there's, um, you know, there's our um, social media group. I mean, it's just we're, we're trying to compete with everybody and trying to stand out from the crowd and i think we're doing it and of course the jets if they do well will help us do that as well make sure you check out everything that randy is doing over at newyorkjets.com and follow him on twitter as well check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet youtube channel some awesome all 22 breakdowns up there including one of what Jeff Ulbrich did with the game plan for the defense to really stifle Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday to help the Jets get that big upset win at MetLife Stadium. So watch that video and all the rest of the videos we have up and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, teepublic.com, that's teepublic.com, and make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.